Well, I'm really good. What did I do wrong in my past life? Jess had a talent that was something special. That was brilliant. Really good. Yeah, almost as good as a man. <laughs> and a family that was something else. Mrs. Bamra, you must be very proud of your daughter. Not at all. And you three shouldn't encourage her. Girls aren't supposed to play soccer. My mum's never wanted me to play. You just can't take no for an answer. Okay. Why don't we start the episode? Okay. Um, you, should I kick us off? Yes, please. I'm very excited. Okay. I don't know what you're going to yeah. do. And, if, and to be clear, we're talking about Bandit Lake Beckham, right? That's yeah. the movie we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> That's the only one I watched. Okay. Yeah. It's the only one I watched too. So if you said something else, I was going to be fucked. <laughs> we could okay. probably improv an episode. Yeah. We should do an episode where we don't watch the movie and see what we come up with. We, I had a couple friends, so when the trailer for Young Pope first dropped, the <laughs> HBO series The Young Pope, I didn't get HBO at the time, but it's like, and and I've now since watched the series, and it's very good. Oh, good, okay. But speaking of things Jude Law was in, but um, I've watched the series, and it's very good, but it's just like, the visual style is so, like, over the top and goofy. Yeah. And, and deliberately so. Like, yeah. it's meant to be, like, weird and funny at times, and, and it's, I think, very well done. Um, but... Like, me and my friends, none of whom had HBO, were like, what if we started a recap podcast where we just never watched the show, and we just, every week we were just making up what we thought happened in the episode. Every week you just describe other things that Jude Law was in. So then <laughs> so then Cameron Diaz shows up, and it's winter time. <laughs> so, look, he, you know, uh, genetics has evolved to a point where if you're left-handed... <laughs> Dumbfounded, downtrodden, and dejected Crestfallen, grief-stricken, and exhausted Trapped in my room while the house was burning To the motherfucking ground I saw the sign, but it was misleading I thought the love of the love was cheating Hey everyone, welcome back. You're listening to Probably Should Have Known Better. Celebrating comedy that is age very poorly. My name's Tony Ginocchio. I am joined, as always, by uh, my bestie, my co-host, the kind of friend that would lie and say I had gotten a job at whatever place she worked at so that I continue, I could continue playing secret gay soccer uh, <laughs> behind my parents' back. It's Nadia Vasquez! Hi! I did a peace sign while you were introducing me, and then it went on for a long time, and I was holding up the peace sign for a long time, and then I realized they can't see me. <laughs> It's an audio medium. Uh, you know, we are thrilled to be back, thrilled to continue the live-action Disney season, and uh, I personally am thrilled to hear what Nadia's opinion on this film is, because um, it's one I think we both saw when it came out, mm -hmm. uh, and then both had to revisit uh, this past week, and I have wanted to do a sports movie this season, and I guess I kind of envisioned, like, it would be more of, like, a Mighty Ducks or yeah. uh, uh, Rookie of the Year, you know, ragtag team coming together of children, um, but this one is going to give us a lot to talk about, I think. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about a lot of this, for uh, sure. And, and that's Bend It Like Beckham, uh, from 2002, directed by Gurinder Chadha. Uh, starring Parminder Nagra, Kiara Knightley, and Archie Punjabi. And uh, Gurinder Chadha, of course, now enters our Repeat Offenders Club because we also uh, uh, reviewed another one of her movies, Bride and Prejudice. 
uh, which would just come out a year later. Um, but this is a soccer movie, yeah. and it's an Indian soccer movie. Gurinder Chadha, uh, you know, kind of has, in many of her movies, tells stories about um, Indian families, and specifically um, Indian families living in uh, England, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, so I saw this movie on a date in high school. Uh, <laughs> what a choice, bud. And I did not care for it. And watching it again, I would say I still did not like it very much and have a lot of notes. But, <laughs> but Nadia, um, yeah. Uh, eager to hear kind of your thoughts and and also for you to tell our listeners what this movie is actually about. Oh, okay. So Bend It Like Beckham is a movie that we watched (laughs) and it uh, stars Jess, who uh, loves David Beckham and soccer. I'm sorry, football. Football, as they call it in their country. Oh, God. I hate that I'm going to have to do that. (laughs) Football. And so uh, she loves soccer, football so much, but her family is super traditional. They're an immigrant family, so she's first generation. And they, you know, what they want her to do is learn how to cook and be a good wife and do all of that stuff. But she just wants to play soccer, football. And so then uh, her, she is playing with her Indian besties at the park and Kira Knightley sees her and sees that she's very good. She's a very good football player. See, I remembered that time. And uh, she tells her, hey, Jess, I am part of a semi-professional. I don't know. I don't know if it's intramural. Yeah, I don't ve- know. Very unclear kind of how any of the actual sports are structured no, in this I mean, movie. It doesn't matter because that's not what it's about. So she's like, I play on a team. We play tournaments. It's really fun. So she plays but she keeps it a secret from her family. And uh, it comes to light many times. Lots of secrets come to light the she whole time. She gets caught every single time she every plays single time. a game. But more importantly, though, the there is a hot coach that is into her, but Kira Knightley's into him, and he's Irish, so I'm a mess because I, I love that accent. And then... Uh, like there's like a love triangle the parents are dealing with each of the girls in their own ways the white parents Kira Knightley's parents are uh believe that she's gay and her mom is mm-hmm. freaking out her in the Indian parents are upset at her all the time and uh things happen where her sister uh has to break up with her boyfriend because they think that Jess is making out with Kira Knightley but she just has short hair and they were just hanging out <laughs> There's a lot going on, but in the end, we get to see a little bit of a change in her parents, Jess's parents, where they kind of let up a little bit because they see that she's very talented. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, she gets a full-ride scholarship to Santa Clara University, which is a school very near where I'm from, and <laughs> makes me laugh. And I cried when I saw the Santa Clara sweatshirt at the end, because I'm very homesick. But... uh Overall, it is not the perfect movie, but I get it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because... for And, and the other thing is she wants that scholarship to Santa Clara because in this movie, if you want to play football, the dream is to play in the one country where everyone loves <laughs> women's professional soccer, the United States. <laughs> oh my god, anybody who's read a Glennon Doyle book are the people who would, like, possibly watch it. <laughs> so, it, it is interesting because, like... This movie was like a sleeper hit 
Like, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it became this, it, you know, it's not an American film, and it became a, a pretty big crossover hit in a few different countries, including the U.S., and then another one, which we'll talk about a little later, which is much more surprising. Okay. But, uh, but it, it's, um, it's, in my opinion, not a very well-written or made movie. Um, it's It was made in 2003. It looks like it was made in 1991. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, 90% of the movie is montages. But uh, <laughs> the reason the movie uh, was successful, I believe, is because uh, a lot of people, and particularly audiences who were uh, of Indian or Pakistani descent, saw their family yeah. in this. And, um, and they saw, you know, uh, if I know one thing about Indian families from watching the films of Gurinder Chadha, it's that they love food, they love weddings, and they love your mom being a total bitch. Oh my god, right? <laughs> so, but it's like the same reason, like, my big fat Greek wedding did yeah. well, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you see that, you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of like my family. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, there's some, I think it is very nice at the end end when the dad comes through yes. for the daughter Ugh. um i like those that. moments i love a good father daughter moment yeah um and everything else i could pretty much leave <laughs> yeah i mean the i think there was a little too much going on at all times yeah we didn't need as many subplots as we did have and it would have been cool to see more soccer i mean football but i don't know if you know, well, you call is... it football and you call cookies biscuits. What's next? <laughs> Tomatoes or tomatoes? Come on. Uh, I think I just think it's interesting. Oh shit! <clears throat> Excuse me. I just think it's interesting that it's kind of a sports movie and we see vague sports, but we never see them playing. Never see it. <laughs> and I think you know they probably didn't want to make it so that those. The, the cast had to like learn how to play football. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the it's literal like simplest is... game in the world. Yes. Yeah, and Kira Knightley is so you know beautiful. They're like, don't get hurt. Right, and th- and this this was obviously an er- this is a year before Pirates of the Caribbean. This is an yes. early uh, breakout role for Kira Knightley. This was um, before she had some bad habits with her face acting. <laughs> but you know, watch this first, then watch a pirates movie, and then come back to me. <laughs> so, uh, so it was an early success for her there, and um, and yeah, we don't see, yeah, we don't actually see a lot of soccer playing. We hear a lot of uh, Bollywood style bops, yes, which is and a you know, lot of Melanie C. Yes, a lot and, of sporty spice for those who don't know who she is. Yes, exactly. Yes, a lot of and you know, a lot of, they do say the title of the movie as a line of dialogue twice, three which times. I appreciate. They say it three times. <laughs> oh, three times! I yeah. missed a time. I think you did. There's okay. One at, there's one in the at the beginning. There's one in the middle, and one at the end. They did it the rule of three. Nice. Um, uh, but you also have like like I said, like ninety percent montages to advance yes. the plot, mm-hmm. and like look. I'm not going to pretend like I'm the master of writing fiction. Like, (laughs) I've written four works of fiction, and I think combined they've sold 50 copies. And one thing I, I hear, though, which seems to be a good rule, is if you have, you know, however many main characters you have, try to start their names with different letters of the alphabet. (laughs) Because <laughs> that'll just make it a little bit easier for yeah. your audience to keep everyone straight. Right. 
And we have Jess, Jules, and Joe as the three leads yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they could be as brazen as naming Joe something like Ronan or like very, like Conan, something very yes. Irish. They could, they, they were just like, let's just go with Joe. Darby, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nile. And also, also, like, you know, the lead character is Indian and her full name is Jess Minder, but they're just like, you know what, we're just going to call her Jess yes. uh, for well, purposes I mean, I, of this I think film. I see... I think I have a different point of view. Now we're getting into me. Yeah. So we're going to have a different point of view for me because I'm first generation. And mm-hmm. so I get it that, like, she wouldn't go by her Indian name. She would sure. go by Jess. And I also get <clears> – <throat> sorry, I've been smoking weed. Um, <laughs> I also get why this movie was really popular because at the time, which was 2003, there weren't a lot of movies – where a women were taking the W, right? So a lot of stuff about women dying and being murdered, but not a lot of like feel good things with women in the lead who were actually had hopes and dreams, and it wasn't necessarily related to romance. Like that was very new, mm-hmm. and a brown person was the lead. Yes. So so like I definitely get it. I think they did the best with what they had. And And there's better stuff now, which is great. And it's very exciting to see. It's like, wow, look how far we've come. But we did have to watch this. We had to get through this first. Yeah, and 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 so did everyone else. But we are doing this now for some reason. Yeah, I'm not. And that's the other thing is this movie was not made by Disney. It was made by 20th Century Fox. So it was acquired by Disney. Yes. It was on Disney Plus when we were planning the season. And then... (laughs) Uh, It went off Disney Plus and went to HBO Max for some fucking reason. Yeah, Uh, but we didn't want to change. Yeah, but I had already watched the movie by the time (laughs) we ran into this. And I'm not going to watch this one for free. No. No. Um, So, uh, you know, the other other thing I'll say is, like I said, this was a sleeper hit, right? Like, I don't think anyone really expected this film to be as successful as it was. Yeah. And it was, and so the studio said to Gurinder Chada, hey, guess what? You can do whatever you want now. And she's like, great, I'm going to make Bride and Prejudice. And after that, the studio was like, you can't do whatever you want (laughs) anymore. Listen, Bride and Prejudice is a great movie. It's it's fun. (laughs) The thing about Bride and Prejudice is it, it, like... It was such a big bet. Like, they really thought it was going to be a hit because it was the first ever English language role for Ishwari Rai, who right. we've talked about Please many times before. Please listen to that episode because you can hear Tony get really horny for really, Ishwari Arai. She's so fucking hot, dude. She's so hot. But <laughs> but the uh, but it, it was her first English language role, and it completely bombed. And yeah. it's so funny because if you go and read the reviews and or you can listen to our episode on it all of the reviewers are just like oh my god ashwarya rai is such a slam piece and you're like wow that's fucked up i know and at the time she had covid so i hope she's doing well no she's recovered she's good okay good yeah Yeah, she's doing great you check in on her yeah no i check in on her we love you ashwarya uh come on the show Come on, uh, li- literal biggest movie star in the world and for some reason cannot make it in American films. It's really upsetting. <laughs> I think, you know, who was it? Did I say this on the Matt episode? But I think Julia Roberts said that Ashwarya Rai was the most yes. beautiful woman on the planet. Yeah. And like wanted her for some movie. And the studio was like, no, she has no draw. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Will Smith, we talked about in the Hitch episode as well. We've talked about her a lot. Uh, Will Smith has like said for years, and Will Smith is another actor who does who is a draw in global markets, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, I've wanted to do a movie with Ashwari Rai for years. She just has this presence where she doesn't even say anything, but you want her in a scene. And I'm like, you're just saying she's hot. Dude, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what she looks like now, but I'm assuming she's aged really well. Yeah. If anything, I, she's probably gotten more beautiful because that's just the way that God made her. Yeah. She's probably aging in reverse, like Beck or Gillian <laughs> Anderson, and so. Yeah, I get. I don't all know, of I don't know if they've aged well. <laughs> so, all of that said, before we get into the film, Nadia, any any other historical background Tony. we should know. As we continue on with our podcast, it gets more and more difficult to find (laughs) pop culture current events uh, because we we cover a lot of ground for Mm -hmm. a lot of years, but we have not covered 2002. Really? Yeah, I'm very excited about this. So I I read the information. I was like, I don't remember any of this. So that means that we haven't (laughs) done it. And uh, let me tell you about the top songs in 2002. (laughs) We've got Nickelback's How You Remind Me. Sure. Which, honestly, it's a good song. I don't know why everybody hates Nickelback so much. It, like, if I think, I mean, I think all their music is samey, but if I go just yeah. to that one, like, I see the appeal. I it's, get it. It's good. I bought the CD because of that song. <laughs> Can you imagine just, like, being 14, not having any kind of streaming service? You're like, I like this one song. and you have One to buy song? I'm going to buy a whole CD? I've done that. I, I so have I. And I think, and that was one of the albums. I didn't listen to any other song on that album. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I'm going to continue. This was also an interesting year because most of the top songs were by the same artist. So uh, Ja Rule had two number ones. <laughs> one included uh, Always on Time featuring Ashanti and Ain't It Funny featuring Jennifer Lopez, where she says the N-word. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we, also, we also hear Ashanti on the charts Again, but this is with her ballad Foolish, which is mm-hmm. really good. Uh, we also have Nelly multiple times with Hot in Here and Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland Dilemma, where she okay. t- tries to text message him on her T-Mobile sidekick or something, but she's <laughs> typing into Excel, which is really, really funny. This was also the American Idol year, the first year, and that was when uh, Kelly Clarkson released A Moment Like This, which was like the wedding song for everyone that year. That, that was the song that won her the competition, I believe. That's correct. And most importantly, Mom's Spaghetti Himself, Eminem's <laughs> Lose Yourself was one of the top songs of the year. What a what a year. Academy Award winning song, Lose Yourself, Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> Lose Yourself parentheses, Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> and now he has a restaurant where he serves spaghetti. It's it's full circle right now. Yeah, he, uh, just jaw rule. I just remember I mean, there uh, it's 2002, so we're obviously still still dealing with like ripple effects of 9/11. And I remember <laughs> 2002 is an intro you know listeners there was a period when we thought dave Chappelle was funny and i remember yeah. him specifically doing a stand-up bit about <laughs> maybe you remember this now yeah about when 9-11 happened and like whatever show he was watching was interviewing ja rule about it he's like i got some questions i don't think ja rule can answer right now i love that i love that bit so much because it's true and ja rule i would tweet i think for from like 2007 to 2000 like 
14, I would tweet, I hope Ja Rule is doing okay. And yeah. then the next time we heard about him was that he was one of the sponsors for Firefest. <laughs> <laughs> Which sends me to space to think about. So funny. Um, but I'm going to continue on because there's a yes. lot more to cover. So I have some vegetarian news for this year. I'm I'm personally You're really on one here. I'm really on one. I, I'm vegetarian. I'm mostly vegan, but sometimes I eat cheese. I'm sorry. But there was a cow in Cincinnati that jumped six jumped a six foot fence in a slaughterhouse oh, and wow. managed to evade the police for eleven days. Wow. And it made national news and eventually it like picked a spot in new york upstate new york and just continued to live they like didn't want to kill him because he had such a zest for life and i think that's really nice i don't i think if they were slaughtering me in a slaughterhouse i would not have the gumption to jump the fence (laughs) it's like that tweet that's like if i was in a saw movie i'd be like just kill me because i don't want (laughs) to deal with your pranks right (laughs) yeah uh, same thing. So uh, Casey Kasem, who was the voice of Shaggy uh-huh. in Scooby-Doo, quit the show in 1995 because they had the cast in a Burger King commercial, and he didn't want to do it on principle because of the meat. He's a vegetarian. Fascinating. Uh, he Actually, he was a vegan. Ooh. Uh-huh. And But they eventually got him back in 2002, and they made his character vegetarian. That's oh, the only that's way good. that he would come back. So I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, I remember listening to, like, American Top 40, uh, Casey Kasem's radio show. Yeah. Because uh, that was syndicated. And, and yeah, I did not know he was vegan. Good for him. Rest in Good peace. Good for him. May he rest in peace. Unfortunately, replaced by Ryan Seacrest and everything. <laughs> uh, anyway, so in 2002, just in general, every car that was made after that year had an, emer- an emergency release cable inside of the trunk because there mm-hmm. were so many kidnappings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I- Famously, I had no idea. Inspired a John Mulaney bit. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell announced that she was gay that year, which, again, very risky at the time. Obviously, Ellen paved the way for that and paved the way for a lot of things. Yeah, just for, for well, we were already talking about 9-11, but yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, okay, so this is annoying news, okay? Steven Spielberg finally finished his college degree after a 33-year hiatus in 2002. He turned in Schindler's List as his student film requirement. Okay, well He's that... He's fucking that guy. That's cheating. That's also, cheating! Also, that movie in 2002... Schindler's List was like 93. That movie was 10 years old, and the most recent film Spielberg had done in O2 was AI Artificial Intelligence, which fucking I mean, blows. Why would he submit that? Yeah. You know, I think he, it was a good move on his part. But can you imagine being in a class with Steven Spielberg? He's like, this fucking old guy, you're 18. You just got out of high school. You're taking an intro to film class. And he's there and he's like, here is Schindler's List as my assignment. Like, fuck you. Anyway. Uh, okay, so this was great. Iraq's vice president suggested a duel between George W. Bush and Saddam Hussein uh, as a way to settle their disputes without going to war. Honestly, better idea than what we did. I would have loved to have seen that, honestly. Um, Okay, 2002, the year Spider-Man was released, the first Mm. one with Tobey Maguire, and it was the first movie ever to gross $100 million at the domestic box office on its first weekend, and uh, everybody was making such a big deal about the scene where Peter catches Mary Jane, Kirsten Dunst, and uh, all of the stuff flies off her tray, and then he catches it, that is not CGI. He really did it. 
And that was really? like a that was a huge draw for people to come see. And it took 156 takes for him to get it perfectly. What about the upside down kiss? Was that CGI? No, I think <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was just general horniness. I think that's such a I think it's a creepy thing to be like it has like the hottest kiss you'll ever see (laughs) as like a draw for a movie is that not is that not creepy looking back that for a movie that is like aimed mainly at like 12 year olds yes yeah anyway okay there was a little bit of a scandal in 2002 lest we forget Michael Jackson unfortunately was having some sort of episode and dangled his son Prince Michael the oh, second off of the balcony of a hotel room in Berlin it was a really big news story there was a lot of stuff about it uh, unfortunately it led to a lot more problems for Michael Jackson as we've known uh, this was also sadly the year that Lisa Left Eye Lopez passed away from TLC Rest uh, in peace. She, she died in a car crash but um, back to Cool news. These were the top shows at the time. I cannot believe it. Number one, CSI. I can believe it. Number two, Friends. Not yet the number one hit. Number three, Joe Millionaire. This had. This is starting the reality TV craze. Right, of course, yes. Where it, it was a show about, it was a dating show where all of the women were told that this guy was a millionaire. And if at the end of the show, when they reveal that he's actually not a millionaire, they were actually in love, they both would get a prize. And it was, like, one of the biggest shows, uh, like, ever. Uh, Number four, ER. And Uh number five, American Idol, as I mentioned before, the Kelly Clarkson year. Mm -hmm. What a year! That's pretty powerful. Um, Friends and ER are two of the only three shows shot at the Warner lot that, you know, were so successful that the soundstage now is renamed for, like, the Friends stage and the ER stage. And the third show uh, that got that honor, unfortunately, is Two and a Half Men. Oh, really? I would have thought it was The Big Bang Theory. Uh, it, well, they, they might add the Big Bang Theory someday, but yeah, Two and a Half Men, which ran for like 200 episodes too. I'm like, really glad that we're not doing that. Because in our first season, we did the, a Ross Geller episode, which was really good, really fun. Yeah. We had a special that guest a on one. that one. Uh, but I'm really glad that we're not like, you know what we should do? We should do a sitcom season. And yeah, we should watch one pr- whole season we, of well, Two and a Half Men. We watched, um, we watched a whole season of Entourage for an episode, which we're never doing again. No, 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 no. And I did um, get a request for us to do season two. No. But I forgot uh, to tell you months later. Yeah. Answers no. And we did um I did I have proposed multiple times and you've said no multiple times that we should do a season that's just ten episodes and we watch season one of girls. <laughs> no. Uh, no. You're gonna alienate our entire audience and me. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> so we're probably not going to do any TV, uh, maybe ever again, folks. <laughs> uh, we're going to do more shit like Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. Uh, so should we talk about the movie? Let's talk about the movie. So we open on a soccer game, or as they call it, football. Oh, God. Uh, and, uh, do they think and... they're better than us calling things differently? <laughs> like, what's the deal? They can't and call their slut slags or slag sluts. Slag sluts. No, but I thought I thought she said sluts in this movie. She said slags, bro. And oh. then I I asked a friend of mine that I made online. 
from Wales. I was like, do you call each other slags like for fun? And he's like, no, it's a really mean thing to say. I was like, oh, so we do it differently. We're like, hey, sluts, like you can't yeah. do that there. Yeah. Uh, stupid country. Anyways. Uh, and they, and I'm still mad they're pretending the queen has been alive for the past three weeks she when is, she clearly has she, not. She is dead. Um, if this episode comes out after the queen actually dies, I'm going to feel like an asshole. Anyways, <laughs> the, the point is um, we open on a football match on the pitch. They're playing some footy, you know, and uh, and it's you know whatever team David Beckham is on, and uh, they're playing. I didn't Manchester bother to look United, it up. bro. Okay, so it's it's Man U as they call it, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're you learned they're that ki- from Ted Lasso, bud. I learned that from Ted. La- well, no, in Ted Lasso they call it Man City because they oh. can't because <laughs> they can't call it Man U, but uh, but in any event. Um, they're playing, but wait a second. A girl just scored the winning goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was me and, being Scooby-Doo. It was a Casey Kasem <laughs> reference. And uh, and then we uh, we uh, cut to, like, the after show uh, commentary, and they have the girl player's mom on, who's an Indian woman that's like, why the hell is my daughter playing soccer? And then just wakes up. It was all a dream. Ugh, what a bummer. <laughs> what a significant moment of sadness for us all but don't worry there's like a thousand years of movie left (laughs) (laughs) this movie Uh, is so long but her mom is actually she was on the podium at the for the like commentary show because she was waking her up she's gonna be late and we pan up to jess's wall which is just covered in david beckham posters and merch and all this stuff she loves david beckham she loves david beckham and then uh, the and so we get our introduction to Jess, uh, who's a little bit of a tomboy. You know, she just kind of thinks about playing soccer, and she's got, of course, the perfect older sister played by Archie Punjabi from Television's The Good Wife. Oh, uh, and, good for her. Uh, yeah, good for her. And um, the, the her sister is getting married, and so she has to go uh, shopping with her sister for a new sari. And uh, to establish that Jess is a tomboy, we get the line, Mom, do I have to go shopping again? And that's how we know she's not like other girls. Yes, right. See, for me, first generation... This is why I like... The parts that I do like about this movie are that she is obviously very different from her family based on where she grew up. You know, if, if she lived in India, it would be a different kind of situation. But she lives in the UK. And, you know, you could do more stuff. And she gets to, like, do soccer and be a tomboy and all of that stuff. And it reminded me of when I was in high school and I asked my mom to take me to Hot Topic again. This was before (laughs) it was a fandom store and it was, like, actually kind of spooky in there. Yeah. And uh, she had a conversation with me in the car, like a genuine question of when I was younger, we didn't have things like emo and you know, popular kids and, like, tomboys and jocks and all that stuff, we just, like, all kind of got along. And I was like, yeah, but that's not how it is here. <laughs> and so, like, I see kind of where she's coming from, what they're trying to establish. They just yeah. do it in a way that is very broad-stroked for, like, <laughs> the majority of people to understand. I get it. I Well, I think that's some helpful perspective. You know, I said I saw this movie for the first time on a date. Um, Tony, you, they, you can't see something like this when you're, like, kind of horned up and kind of, like, you know, do I touch her? 
Do I hold right. her hand? That's not right. the business. Right. So, yeah. So, but my point is that my girlfriend at the time was Indian. And uh, yes. she's, st- I mean, she still is uh, Indian. <laughs> she's not my girlfriend anymore. <laughs> but but um, I remember, I think she, if I remember correctly, she really liked the movie and she saw a lot in it that really resonated with her experience. Got it, got um, it, got And it. it was just total whiff for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I mean, these things that are, like, seemingly cringy make sense to me, but mm-hmm. I think at the time there wasn't a lot of nuance with it. It was like we have to appeal to the, the broadest audience. And yeah. I think because now there's so much of everything that you yeah. can get a little more specific, it would be different. Yes. Yes, I think you're right. And, you know, it is very broad. It's very um, just the the, just very the shortest distance between two points for every aspect of plot and character development. What is the? Uh, Is it it's Commedia dell'arte? It's like the tropes. Yes. Yes. They're all wearing masks with big noses and one's got a big sad face on. That's the mom. (laughs) (laughs) That is this movie, but fucking British. But yeah, exactly. So, um, so speaking of archetypes, we also get introduced to Kiera Knightley's character, oh. Jules, um, who is also kind of a tomboy, and we know that because her mom is trying to buy her a sexy bra, and she is just not that interested in it. She wants to play football. Yeah, she wants just the sports bra that will get her out the door so she can go play. Yeah, that's a weird scene. It, it there's like five different jokes in this movie about uh your boobs being big enough and i'm like i don't know if we needed five of them (laughs) to drive the point home there were really a lot of them it was vaguely inappropriate but again 2002 2002 it was different time um anyways so basically the the inciting incident here is like um jess the and i i who is uh Jess is Parminder Nagra's character, and Jules is Kira Knightley's character. Um, Keep Jess up, everybody. Is, we got a yeah, lot of J's. A lot of J's. Jess is playing soccer with her uh, just Indian guy friends, uh, um, just in the park. Like, she's just, you know, dicking around with them, and she's better than all of them, as it turns out. Um, and Jules is just, like, walking home from a separate bra shopping engagement or whatever. <laughs> And notices Jess, and she's like, hey, there's a strange girl, but she's very good at football. I wonder if she'd like to come play Strange for my girl? Team. You mean brown? <laughs> well, no, like a person I haven't met yet. Oh, okay, and okay. Also, yes, also she's brown. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, okay, yes. And so. we also see, to juxtapose Jess, there are some girly girls uh, from her community that yes. are, like, wearing, you know, pastel pink and have the spiky hair from the early 2000s like uh Anne Hathaway's bestie yeah. in uh, Princess Diaries like they oh, yes. kind of like that and they want to know about the boys because there is a divide between the boys and the girls but Jess is straddling both lines <laughs> and Put uh, a pin and, in that for later yeah and and uh, there is a, a scene where so you have basically what Nadia's getting at is there's Jess, there's her perfect older sister, and then there's just three kind of generic um, Indian sluts, I guess is Slags. how I would describe them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess they make out with boys, which you're not supposed to do. 
Right, and they're like, hey, what's what's the deal with that guy over there? And and uh, and Jess is basically like, you know, he's just my mate. We're not all slags like you lot, you know, like that sort of thing. I um, really loved hearing that dialogue with your Chicago accent. Yeah, just, <laughs> just really good. Stripped of any sort of uh, expression or <laughs> uh, affect, yeah. Um, okay, so this is all to, and, and then there's also, like, the other, like, really broad gag from early in the film is, like, we see Archie Punjabi's engagement party, and somebody's cell phone rings, and everybody checks to see if it's their cell phone. Oh my gosh, they all have Nokia brick phones. I, it made me miss back then. I miss having a, a snake on my phone, you know? <laughs> Using T9? That was nice. T9? Oh, that takes me back. Simple times. Um, anyways, so... Uh, this all basically comes to Kira Knightley walks up to Jess and says like, Hey, um, do you want to try out for my soccer team? Cause we like play actual games against actual teams. Yeah. And it's really nice. And immediately Jess is like, yes, but no, which starts (laughs) our entire conflict, which is she really wants to do things. Her parents will say no, she'll do it anyway, but she'll feel bad about it the entire time. And she'll get caught. She'll get caught. Every time. Every time. Every single time. And then she'll keep doing it, which is, I think it would have been better if there, I mean, (laughs) I have notes. I think it would have been cool if she kept lying over time and then they discovered the lies later. Right. And so everything would come to a head. Maybe that would have made the movie shorter. there's like one confrontation in the living room where they fight, right? Yeah. Instead of the four or five identical ones yeah. that we get in this movie. Yeah, that's tough to kind of get through. But eventually we do finally get to see her try out, which is cool. Right. We get the montage again. Yeah, so we get a montage when she shows up to the practice right. for the first time of the girls mm-hmm. practicing. And then we get a montage of the tryout right after that. A lot of montages. Mm-hmm. Um, the coach is skeptical, but he's also hot and Irish. <sighs> Jonathan Reese Myers. <laughs> what a face. What a presence. <laughs> what a voice. What eyes. <laughs> it's it, watching. I forgot that he was in this and I was like, Oh, it was really great to revisit his face and and so uh he's like i've never seen an indian girl into football before um and he's like well you know you did a good job in the tryout hey if your folks are up for it feel free to come back and so um jess is like uh yeah my folks are up for it so just lies through her teeth Mm -hmm. and again this is going to be the main deception in the film and then there's a, a again a nice really fun uh, conversation that Jess and Jules have about, like, what do you want to do? You know, she's like, oh, I got to play in the States, man. That's where <laughs> that's where everybody loves soccer. That's where that's where everybody watches it all the time. Everybody lo- And to be fair, this was a time when, like, the U.S. women's team was really successful. Yeah. And, like, Mia Hamm and mm-hmm. Brandi Chastain, like were fairly popular athletes. Yeah, the there I was watching an episode of Friends recently and one and Rachel says, "Who's that annoying girl that plays soccer?" and Joey says, "Mia Ham." And like <laughs> so it was a really big part of pop culture at the time because yes. it was the first time. I mean, dude, just to put it into perspective, there's a movie about a girl playing soccer and a guy is like, "Not a lot of Indian girls play soccer." Like it wasn't that long ago. That this was going on. So, like, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. 
We've yeah. come a long way. We've gone backwards in a lot of ways, but we've come a long way. Yeah, now Ted Lasso's trying to save the sport. You know, it's just... <laughs> I mean, the women, the USA couldn't fix it by having David Beckham come to L.A. Yeah, come to L.A. Uh, and everybody... But, like, I just... Sorry, just as a side note, I remember in Ted Lasso in season one, he's, like, talking to Roy at some point. And, you know, and for those of you that haven't seen the show, Roy Kent was like a a great player for another club earlier in his career. And he's kind of been put out to pasture at Richmond AFC. And he's like, oh, God, the nightmare would be if I have to finish my career in America. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a nightmare for us who live here, so I get it. <laughs> but holy fuck. It's it's just interesting. Anyway, but yeah. but Kira Knightley says, you know, for, for us women, we can't play here, which is like really sad because, you know, men's teams are literally all around the world. But, yeah. it, you know, women don't really have, didn't at the time. I don't really know about now. I didn't look it up. I didn't care <laughs> enough. But uh, they they would have to go to the United States. Mm-hmm. What an interesting choice. It's so crazy. Um, but then we also get some backstory on Jules. Because Jess is like, wow, her mom and dad must really support her to let her play soccer. But we learn that Jules's mom is worried about Jules not being feminine enough to catch a dick. <laughs> yeah, her mom is like a Stepford wife type, always yeah. wearing dresses, always like fixing tea and things like that, and is very worried about Jess uh, suggesting, you know, a, a neighborhood boy to come over. And she's like, I'm practicing playing soccer with my dad. Which, as a mom, I'd be like, it's really nice that you like to be home, eh? Yeah, and and her dad, like, loves spending time with her. Exactly! But it's not enough. She must have dick. <laughs> she's gotta catch a dick. <laughs> so sad. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically all you need to know about these characters. Yeah. Uh, so, and then uh, the other, con- so, you know, she goes to, pra- Jess comes back to practice. She's a little concerned about showing her legs because it turns out she has awful, like, burn marks on her legs from a childhood burn accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really revisit that at any point ever in the future, I, I think guess. May- do you think the actress has those burns and they had to explain it? Maybe? I, I th- don't know. I'm, we didn't need that. No, but, we but really it was, didn't need it w- that. No, no, let's take that back here. It was a bonding moment between Jess and hot Jonathan Reese Myers, Joe. <laughs> that's true. Okay, he, that's he fair. He showed his scar on his knee. He told yeah. her about his dad. There's a lot going on. Right, and so Joe's backstory, by the way, is he used to be a footballer and basically fucked up his leg. Yeah, because he um, wanted to prove to his dad that he yeah. could fight through some pain. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's kind of like what happened to Roy Kent, and so he <laughs> he uh, he uh, fucks up his leg. So now he just coaches this like co-rec women's team. Um, and, uh, so anyways, Jess comes back to practice. And so you're like, okay, well, the first practice I saw was a montage, but now she's coming back. We're probably going to see some good football practice this time. Nope. Another montage. Uh, (laughs) That's a lot of montages, man. They couldn't get the cast to do everything good for longer than a second. (laughs) So they had to cut it together, you know? Um, and so, uh, so yeah, it's a montage and it's specifically a montage of them learning to, uh, bend it, which is, uh, specifically referring to like David Beckham's move where he could kick the ball kind of in a hook around all the defenders for a penalty kick. Right. Um, but it all comes crashing down for the first of like seven or eight times <laughs> when she's caught by her mom on the way home roughhousing with her 
hooligan football friends in the park. Yeah, because she's wearing shorts and one of them was grabbing her by her legs. Ah! How dare she? I thought, I checked the timestamp on the movie. I was like, is this almost over? Nope. No. Nope. Like, hour 45 to go from here. <laughs> Yeah, so she gets pissed. She's like, what's going on? And she's like, actually, there's an all-women's team, and I joined it. And then she gets fucking pissed. And the dad is like, no, you got to be – you got to, I don't know, not do that. And the mom's like, you're very tomboyish, and I don't like that. Right. Uh, similar concern to not being able to catch a dick. And right. so – the line she says here is actually like, we let you play all you wanted when you were young. You've played enough. What family will want a daughter-in-law who can run around playing football every day but not cook alu gobi? Mm. And so, okay. uh, and then like, I think, and, and and I think the comeback here is anyone can cook alu gobi, but who can bend a ball like Beckham? And then like, she looks right at the camera and <laughs> wink, winks at me. Uh, yeah. And, and, but anyways, the, so now the plan is, okay. Jess still wants to play soccer. Her mom caught her playing soccer and says, you can't play her soccer anymore. So Jess is like, well, I'm just going to keep playing soccer and lie and say I have a job. Well, she working. didn't decide. Jules suggested yes. it. Let us go on record that the British girl made her do it. <laughs> She's like, no, why don't you just say you got a summer job? I'll put in a good word where I work. I guess she has a job. Yeah. And it's like a retail job. Yeah, it's not anything big, but yeah. Yeah, and she's like, don't worry about it. And then that's it. And then we get another montage. Yes, montage of her playing soccer in secret while her mom also teaches her how to cook. I did like the visual of her, like, hacky sacking the the <laughs> head of cabbage yeah. in the background as, his mo- as her mom is, like, talking her through how to make alu gobi. Yeah, it's very sweet. There's a lot of things. I think they could have gotten rid of a lot of erroneous, er, extraneous, sorry, things to make room for these fun, funny moments. Yeah. Like, it's it's better to see her mom actually getting along with her in those moments, for the most part, yeah. than to have her yelling at her all the time. Right. Uh, and so so we have that, um, and she gets caught uh, again, uh, this time by her sister, right? Because her sister, like, picks her up from her job and then learns, like, oh, there's nobody named Jess who fucking works here. <laughs> yeah, but her sister covers for her. Yes, her sister sticks nice. up for her because her sister thinks that Jess is fucking around. <laughs> well, yeah, because Jess's sister was fucking around and Jess covered for her. She's like, I will extend the favor. Who is it though? Yeah. And Jess is like, oh, no, I'm just playing soccer. It's the game of foot, the noble game of football is is my lover. Her sister's like, you're fucking stupid, but I'll help you out. And so uh, the the wedding is happening and they need to go. She wants, she needs to go buy shoes, but she uses that opportunity to go buy some cleats which yeah. they call boots over there. Right. Yes. <laughs> and their uniform is called a kit. Uh, uh, so, I, I fucking hate it. <laughs> so, yeah, so we get, uh, we're at the 32-minute mark. We're on montage number five or six at this point. <laughs> so there's a shopping for gear uh, at this point. Um, Jules I wonder and what Jess. it's like to shoot a montage. It must be a lot of stuff. I assume you got to shoot a ton of footage and yeah. then you have to edit it down. Like, this must have been you know, a really long shoot. 
It's a lot of work. And I know all of you who listen to the podcast are thinking, well, Tony, you must do a lot of work because this podcast sounds so well edited. It sounds like you really cut all the extraneous bullshit out. <laughs> and you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's really intense. And so I'm surprised that Gurinder Chada wanted this many montages. I would in the say film. that our podcast is better than Bend It Like Beckham. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for doing such a great job editing, Tony. Our our podcast is better than at least, like, four of the films we've seen this season. <laughs> yeah, we're not even talking about last season. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, so we have this shopping montage, uh, and uh, so she buys her, her boots, her cleats, if you will, and um, Jess uh, then goes back to practice. She twists her ankle while she's running laps. She's reluctant to tell Joe, the coach, Joe, the coach, is like, don't try to be stronger than you are. Here, let me touch your feet. And <laughs> Yes, also, there is something that did happen. When she got home from her trip to the city, to London. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, Her parents discovered that she bought the shoes. Yes, yeah, so th- she gets caught again. Again, that she is playing soccer. She has to return the shoes. That's why she's pissed. Yeah. Uh, and, and gets hurt. And, and you have to... And, and so... Um, and so the parents were like, okay, well, you have to stop playing soccer, like, for real this time, now that we're telling you the second time. And Jess is like, yeah, no problem. And then she goes I back to fucking I love that she practice. faces absolutely no consequence besides Nothing. them just yelling at her. You know, they're not like, we're going to take away your freedom. Or, like, I don't right. know. Right. Don't so, know. anyway, she twists her ankle at practice. Coach is like, let me touch your feet. Um, they put a nice big close-up of uh, Peshminder Nagra's <laughs> foot in the frame. That one's for the pervs. Uh, but we also notice that Jess is starting to get horny for Joe the coach. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> what a beautiful man. But he, you know what I noticed? Joe's getting horny for Jess. Hey, how about that? And mutual mm. horniness is something that we all aspire to. I mean, in our honestly, yeah. Honestly, yeah. But it's unfortunate because Jules, Kira Knightley, also horny for joe uh so we have the unfortunate horny triangle uh but we'll that'll explode later <laughs> horny triangle. Um, in the meantime um uh jess uh leaves practice she goes over to jules's place to hang out they watch like old footage of uh of like the u.s women's team uh at her place um and then jules's mom comes in and says like a bunch of racist stuff oh god yeah um, and then, like, starts to suspect, hey, is my daughter gay for this Indian woman? Yeah, it's, she gets sus, as the kids say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't invented that term in 2002 yet. No, no, yet. Am- Among Us hadn't come out yet. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then, uh, Jules walks her over to the bus, and they share a joke and laugh, and... I, Tony, uh, when I laugh with my friends... Like, so this blows my mind, this scene. Listen, so Jess and Jules are keeled over laughing, but they're using each other's craniums as support. Yeah. So it looks like they're grabbing each other's head in a in a impassioned kiss. That's I guess. Not, that's not how I laugh with my friends. <laughs> Usually one of us is punching the air. An- yeah, another like, one's like on the ground. <laughs> it's it different. just like so, but 
what happens next is even weirder. So, so what are we describing here? So, like, Jess and Jules are on a street corner laughing yes. is what happened. Right. And then Jess's, like, fucking conservative Indian neighbor drives by. The parents of... The sister's fiance. Yes, which is, like, yeah. very specific. Right. And uh, now, audience, you may be thinking already, this scene sounds needlessly complicated and you haven't even described what's happened yet. And you'd be correct. Because <laughs> what happens is the neighbor sees Jess and Jules laughing. You know, Kiera Knightley's got her hair cut short and she's like, oh my gosh, that's Jess having sex with a man in the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And... And so the they only so rational nosy. response, yeah. <laughs> the only rational response is to end our son's engagement to Jess's sister. They go and tell her, that tell her family, your daughter is a whore. Right. <laughs> we can't be associated with you. Yeah. We're pulling the plug on the marriage. Yeah. Wow. Which is insane. Insane. The older sister's in tears and she's like... So the older sister now is like, Jess wouldn't have been making out with some dude. She's probably with some dikey girl from the football team. She's still playing, you know. So this is the third time she gets caught. Again, It's she's she's getting caught every five minutes in the film. It's a lot. But also, should we probably should have known better? Because, like, is it insane? Or is it just what the culture is? I, you know, it might be. It might be. So Jess has to swear on, uh, like, whatever Sikh guru they have a, a portrait of up in their home that she was not, in fact, macking on a dude yeah. at the street corner. Right. She just was with her friend. But yeah. she did have to tell the truth. She was playing soccer. Yeah. And so something different happens to try and fix things. So rather than just sneaking off again, Joe the coach. Ah, oh, Joe shows up at her house to be like, I didn't know you didn't approve of just playing soccer. Let me try to make things right. Yes, let me be your hot hero. <laughs> and then the dad tells a sad story. Yeah. A, a story laden with racism. He, when he came to this new country, he, well, he used to play cricket in his right. old country. But he came in yeah. this new country and he's like, cool, I want to play cricket with the boys. But the boys were racist as fuck and they made fun of him. They made fun of his turban. They made fun of everything. Yeah. And they did not allow him to play cricket. So when he had his kids and decided, uh, and they wanted to play, he said he was like, you can play, but don't get your hopes up because nothing can happen for you because nothing happened for me. Right. Super sad. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, so he's working through some pain, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And that's why that's why he's been such a hard-ass to his daughter. Right. But it is an interesting insight into his character, and I would argue the dad is the only character in this movie that I liked. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah, he was very multidimensional, for sure. Yes. Um, so Jess is like, wow, Dad, that's really powerful. Okay, I'm going to sneak out and play more soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, Joe, he's like, you know, th this is what I got from it. They, they think they that they think that they, <laughs> that they know what's best for you, but you know what's best for you. He comes right. from a culture where if you know your parents do shitty things, you just don't talk to them anymore. She doesn't, but that message still resonated with her, and she's like, "Well, I do know what's best for me. I'm gonna play soccer again for the fourth time." Right. So what the next event the team has coming up is they have a, a tournament in um, Germany. 
Uh, so she sneaks off. What on this is, is this intramural? Like, what is this? How old have, are they? I have no, it's never addressed. <laughs> no idea. They could be in high school. She's taking her A-levels in this movie, which I don't know what those are exactly. I think they're like the SATs. Oh, okay. I think they take those to get into uh, what they call uni, which is college. No, college, Uh, yeah. Yeah, because college is their high school. Right, and then... Right, and they they call they call their high school like sixth form or whatever, and they call the grocery store Tesco. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and so. But I really uh, want to try Nando's. <laughs> and so, all of that said, um, she uh, so they play in Germany. Uh, it's a montage again. We don't see like the actual action in the game. It's a montage, right? And uh, basically, the game comes down to a penalty kick, which goes to Jess. Uh, she kicks it towards the goal. It gets stopped by the goalie immediately. Yeah, um, they lose. So, kind of a heartbreaker. Um, meanwhile, uh, the team is photographed and in the paper in, in London. Again, what is this league? <laughs> So her dad catches her. So she lied and said, like, I'm visiting family when she actually went off to Germany to play soccer. Gets caught again. Yeah. Like, and so, but, but you know, so her dad has figured it out. Jess is still in Germany, and the team is like, well, we lost the game, but at least we can go out clubbing. Fuck yeah. I mean, Germany is, like, famous for clubbing. Why wouldn't you go clubbing? And yeah. Jess is like, I didn't bring any clothes for clubbing. I, I don't know why we would want to go to a club. And... <laughs> Kira Knightley calls up her friend, and she's like, hey. And this is where I feel like we lacked a montage. I would have loved to have seen The one place, the one place where a montage makes sense is a fucking makeover scene. I know, but instead we just see her coming out. She looks damn good in a tube dress. Yeah, she looks great. She looks great. She's wearing a tube dress, and her hair's all done. She's got her makeup done. Everything that her mom told her that she should do, she did it, but like in a, you know, anglicized way. Right, and, and Jonathan then Joe looks Myers at her. is like looking her up and down and fucking drooling. Fuck yeah. Yes, yeah. He's so he's so horny for her. How old is he? How old is she? Should I be creeped uh, out? That's her coach. Uh, I'm looking it up. Um, he uh, his character is 45 <laughs> and she is 16. That's very interesting. <laughs> I think her her age. She's two years older than him as real people. Oh, okay, but, but they're characters. He's right. their coach. He's responsible for right. them. Right, yeah. No, it, 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 it cannot work as a relationship. Oh. Much like, I don't know, say you were like a 21-year-old Nigerian hotshot <laughs> football player. And your team's owner was like, she was a hot British lady, but yeah, she, yeah. Was like, she was like 50. She's like, not she, only hot, but she's tall. She's tall. She's a hot, tall British lady. Oh God! And and you're like uh, you're like actually, ma'am, I'm I'm 21. And she's like, oh my God, I'm a pedophile. Uh, you know that sort of thing. Um, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that, but worse. Uh. <laughs> so they go to the club. Everyone's horny for everyone else, right? Oh yeah. Joe is horny for Jules. Jules is horny for Joe. But then Jess is also horny for Joe. And Joe is like, wait a second. I think I'm horny for Jess. And it's at this point I wrote in my notes, why would you give all three characters names that start with the same one? <laughs> it's true. So Jules said to Jess, Jules Kira Knightley said to Jess, I, she's like, do you like the coach? And Kira Knightley is like, no. 
I'm not. I don't. I don't like him. Also, he would you know get in a lot of trouble if he right. shags one of the girls on the team. That's what they call fucking shagging. <laughs> Unbelievable. And they also call kissing snogging. Don't even. Don't even. Uh, but they. She... And holding hands is called. You guessed it. Brexit. <laughs> so, J- Jules had said earlier, like I'm not interested. But was a fucking liar, like everyone else in this movie. So Jess is having a hard time in there because it's like smoky. She can't. I don't know if she's drunk. It's not specified. She goes outside and kind of stumbles around. I I think she was drunk. I think she was drunk. And Joe. And she, she's, Joe comes out to check on her and she's horny for Joe. And Joe is horny to her. And then they try to be horny together (laughs) through their mouths. But... But then Jules comes out, and right as they're about to kiss, she screams, You bitch! And leaves. <laughs> um, Climactic Yeah, moment. so, uh, I I get it, man. Yeah. Like, I get why she was upset, but also but neither also of them should lied. be horny for Joe. No, nobody yeah. should be horny for Joe, and Joe should definitely not be horny for them. Oh, absolutely not. If they're no. freshmen in college, uh, I would say they're 18 or 19. That's fucked. Okay, but I'm sorry, that's shagged. But <laughs> yeah, that's completely shagged. <laughs> so shagged. <laughs> but Kira Knightley said she didn't like him. Yeah. So she so lied. She no, lied. Everybody, they all lied. Everyone everybody's got to calm down. Everybody's got to chill and tell the truth. Anyways, she she flies back to. Britain. She's heartbroken and her parents are waiting to pick her up and they're like, this is the fourth time in a row we've caught you doing this. Again, no consequences. Um, and so, you know, she there's no consequences. She's talking to Jess is talking to her older sister, Archie Punjabi, about she's like, Hey, I'm horny for my Irish coach. And there is a line here Archie Punjabi says that gives me pause, which is like, Don't be horny for your coach. Like, find an Indian boy and she's like, They're okay now. Yeah. Like just, she's just like they, the, they dress well now. They have flashy jobs. It's like oh yeah. yikes. The implication being, look, we both know there was a period where Indian men were not okay, but <laughs> they have really turned it around. And this is only a year before Gurinder Chada would write one of her most iconic characters, Koli Saab. <laughs> <laughs> no life without wife. Yeah, in Bride and Prejudice, still. Maybe my favorite character in any movie we've ever watched. <laughs> That's really amazing. I sing that song constantly. But you know, there's a huge falling out. Obviously, so Jess's got a lot of a lot of plates spinning in conflict. She's got her parents are disappointed in her for lying. Her sister still doesn't have a wedding happening because she blew it for her. Right. Uh, and now Jules is really upset with her. She can't play on the team, and now Joe is really upset with her. It's really bad. Yeah, and so she she like goes to practice the next day because she still has to go to practice because she's still sneaking out. She goes back to practice and like Joe sees her and like the first thing he says is like I've already forgotten about it and Ugh. she's like uh good me too uh same yeah horrible really mean a typical guy move what a fuck boy he's probably in his twenties it's disgusting well it's called a shag boy when you're in England but uh, he he. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, and, and Joe, we get a little more of Joe's backstory, which is um, his dad doesn't like him. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And uh, he's like, I don't talk to my dad because he'd be right pissed I'm coaching girls. Oh, uh, that was good. I think, I think 
uh, a fuckboy in England is called a chav. A ch- oh, yes. Okay. Like, that would be the actual term. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be a shag lad. <laughs> it should be. Uh, oh, no, no. A chav is someone from, it's a, it's a pejorative term for an antisocial lower class youth. Never mind. Uh, well, that's kind of it. Um, anyways. <laughs> So, um, so, you know, so we get some backstory on Joe and how he has this strained relationship with his parents. And so Jess and Joe kind of reconcile and Jess is like, okay, well now I have to reconcile with Jules. Right. So she goes to Jules's place. Jules is furious at her and she yells, she yells, you knew he was off limits. And then she yells, you don't know the meaning of love. You've betrayed me. And that last part is what Jules's mom overhears. Step for It's like. Oh no, my gay daughter. <laughs> She's heartbroken. Um, there is a good line where like the mom is trying, and like the mom still loves Jules. Yeah. But which is nice, which is a good choice. But like, is just like worried for her. Yeah. And- so there's a line where she's talking to her husband and is like, I don't know what to do. It was terrible what they did to George Michael. <laughs> and that that's the only line in the movie that made me laugh. It's so funny. And the dad was like, look, George Michael ended up fine and you still listen to Wham. <laughs> it's very nice. But yeah, she is, you know, at the time back then, the argument for parents who were like, I still love my kids, but they're gay so that makes me upset is mostly because things would just be hard for them in society right. which like right. what a vibe that's very nice and loving yeah but also, i get it yeah but also uh looking at it from this perspective it's like you need to relax ma'am she can she'll get on tiktok and it'll be fine <laughs> um so uh jess is like okay i've reconciled with joe i've reconciled with jules I think the last thing that I want to do is way overcompensate for almost kissing my coach and just um, try to fuck my friend out of nowhere. Yeah. And so she goes back to the boys she played soccer in the park with, and she finds her old Indian friend, Tony. His name's Tony. And Hey-o. she's like, do, do you fancy me? Uh, great. Let's, let's shag. Let's have a, let's have a, let's have a shag, mate. And he's like, what's up with you? And she's like, look, I need an Indian boyfriend, which is really funny. (laughs) And he's like, I would, but I really like David Beckham. Well, everyone loves Beckham. No one can cross a ball or bend it like Beckham. No, no. Yeah. Another, another, uh. (laughs) Yeah. Looks at the camera again. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm really like David Beckham. Yeah. Jess, I'm gay for David Beckham. But they never say it. Right. And so she's like, you're Indian, though. <laughs> yeah. What a, what and, a funny response. Yeah, and it sucks because Beckham's way out of his league, and also his parents will probably disown him and his friends would beat the shit out of him, uh, which is bad. Um, Super sad. And, yeah. So, uh, you know, everything's kind of falling apart. She's got, you know, things are okay with Tony, I guess. But, you know, she goes and she's like, okay, well, the next thing I'm going to do is probably sneak out of my house and play another football game. <laughs> yeah, so. but this one's a really important one and yeah. because she needs to make it up to Jules. Jules is still upset. Uh, they play a great game. And there's, like, a whole lot of teamwork. There's no, like, I'm not going to pass it to you because you're a little bitch kind of vibe. They're right. really, like, doing it. But her dad finds out. Because what happens is she faked being sick when her parents and her sister were going out somewhere. Right. She's like, I'll just stay here and drink some soup or whatever. (laughs) 
and she's wearing her bathrobe. And her parents leave. The second her parents leave, she takes off her bathrobe. She has her uniform on, her kit, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she hides the bathrobe in the couch cushions, which is not what the issue was. Like, the the issue is not, what if they find my bathrobe? Like, (laughs) you're gone, ho. You're gone. (laughs) Yeah, and the dad, they forget something, and he goes back. He doubles back, yeah. Yeah, and he, like, calls to her and is like, it's just me. Jess, Jess, and she did not answer. Yeah, so she's playing this game. Couple things happen. Mm -hmm. One, Tony brings all the soccer friends to watch the game because they don't believe girls can play soccer. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, they're mostly, like, yelling about um, how hot the women are and stuff like that. Yeah, how can they run with those big-ass titties kind of vibe? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, only they're British, so they, like, say watcher at the end of it or something. <laughs> in, and, it. And, in it. Yeah, yeah, in it. In uh, it. Oi. Um, <laughs> Expelliarmus. You know, whatever whatever British people yell. British people are going to write in a flurry of mail (laughs) (laughs) just gonna alienate uh every single transatlantic listener and so uh but the other person the the other person that comes to watch is her dad and he sees her kick ass he's into it yeah he's clapping along he's looking really proud but then jess gets penalized i don't know she yeah she gets like somebody tackles her and calls her well first of all she makes a lot of fuck-ups in the game you know from time to time and every time there's a fuck-up in the game you hear a bongo drum hit (laughs) it's a very very poorly produced scene there's like slow motion out of nowhere there's this bongo drum every time there's a fuck-up like the mistake timpani in great british bake-off and uh and and um she gets into a fight with another player a fist fight with a player on the opposing team yeah because the uh, the player calls her a racial slur Yes. And, yes. and the ref doesn't stick up for her. She sticks up for right. he sticks up for the other girl because Jess is the one who initiated the fight. But yes. she threw a racial slur. I would throw hands too. Yeah. So she's she's ejected from the game, right? She's red carded. Um and her dad is heartbroken. Yeah. Um, and then her coach, Joe, yells at her in front of everyone, like, you gotta, you gotta stay on top of your emotions here. You can't be getting into fights. We need you in the game. Yeah. Get your head in the game. And then high school musical starts. Right. (laughs) And she says, you know, you, she called me a slur. You wouldn't understand. And he's like, of course I understand racism. (laughs) I'm Irish. (laughs) That really made me laugh incredible moment he's like of course i understand and then they hug and then her fucking dad comes out oh no she you know i'm starting to think she can't catch a break she really can't catch a break she can bend it like beckham but she can't catch a break and uh so so he's pissed off because there's a boy touching her holy shit right and he's a white (laughs) right right Oh no! And he's, and not only not only a white boy, but an Irish boy. The the re, the true victims of racism. <laughs> Maybe it's different in the UK, I guess. But I, yeah. but yeah, yeah, we're trivializing we're trivializing a whole other subset of racism. Whole whole other culture. Like if you're if you're a listener, and you're not from the states. Just understand, in the states, the Irish American people are the ones doing the racism most of the yeah, time. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, this, a lot of them are German, though. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so. So, 
Uh, apparently the wedding's back on at this point. I don't care. <laughs> um, but the new wedding date, because they have to rebook the venue, lands on the same day as a football match. Oh, the, that one trope in every movie where an event falls on the same day as someone having to be somewhere else. Yeah. It's very, so. very complicated. But Jess is like, okay, I'm committed. I'm just going to... I'm going to just go with through the motions. It's fine. You know, I've disappointed my team, but I would rather disappoint my team than disappoint my family. But never did she ask, will I disappoint myself? Hmm. 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 Maybe there's a lesson there. Hmm. Maybe she's about to learn that lesson. Hmm. Um, also, there's there's like a scout from America that's coming to the game. Oh. Like, it's a big deal. Um, and, uh, you know, so... And also, Jess took her A levels. I get, I get, like a plot line we touch once and then never again. So I guess the results get in. Um, so then there's an engagement party, and then there's soccer practice, and this is montage number nine. And uh, and Jonathan Joe Reese com- Myers comes to the engagement party yes. also to talk to her dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "She's really talented. I don't want her talents to go to waste." And I was like, "Kiss my face." <laughs> And he tells Jess, he's like, you're lucky to have a family that cares this much about you. Yeah. Um, so uh, we get to game day and wedding day, act three, motherfuckers. And uh, <laughs> this is like 40 hours in. Montage number 10, the barat at the wedding, you know, the, the dance procession into the wedding, getting dressed in the saris for the wedding. And then, uh, and then she's at the wedding. Tony is her date. And he's like... Uh, you can sneak out and make the second half of the game. Yeah, I'll cover for you. And yeah. uh, she's like, okay. <laughs> but before, no, no, actually she says no. Because, yeah, she says no. She's, she's like, I'm get... here for my sister. Yeah. I get it. She, she doesn't want to cause a commotion on her sister's wedding day. She's already done enough. Mm-hmm. But then the only multidimensional character in this movie yeah. comes out, her dad. And he's like, look. You look miserable. I know that you're miserable. Just fucking go. I'll cover for you. And she's like, okay. And he does. And it's really, it's a nice gesture. It's a nice moment. The dad coming through is the only part of this movie that, like, I thought they did really well. Yeah. It was really loving and moving. He knows that she's really talented. He knows that she really loves it. And he gets it because he didn't get to live his dream. Like, it's really nice. It's nice. So she gets to the game with 30 minutes to go. The game is a montage. <laughs> and this film is told primarily in montage. Yeah. Uh, There's really funny I, because uh, my friend Jackie, may she rest in peace, when we went to Comic-Con, we were in the car with our friend Jeff, and we wrote a movie called Montage the Movie. And it was like every every scene was a montage. Like it was like the breakfast scene in the beginning was a montage. The getting ready scene was a montage. We were like put <laughs> we put the playlist together in the car and like talked through the movie really mm-hmm. really funny yeah. this is this movie not funny well fa- <laughs> that that is a funny bit i i think of um team america world police there's a montage there's like a training montage before the final battle and trey parker and matt stone wrote a song for it called you need a montage oh uh, which is about montages uh <laughs> i haven't seen that show a lot of things happening at once um and so there's that um and uh basically i mean we don't even really need to they win the game uh jess wins the game on a penalty kick she bends the ball just like her hero david beckham wow. that's the game wow 
And she uh, runs back. She makes it back to the wedding. She makes it back to the wedding. Oh, but but also the scout takes them aside and is like, hey, you can both just go to Santa Clara. Santa Clara's um, a really good school. They must be very good players. We wouldn't know, though, because we've only seen them play in montage form. Yeah, and so... Um, uh, but when they get the news that they got into Santa Clara, like Jules and Jess, I believe kiss each other on the mouth. Yeah. Uh, which is a choice. And, uh, and Jules's mom sees it and she's like, oh no, my gay daughter. Right. And, um, and then let's see, we cut back to the wedding. There's a fist fight between a wedding guest and the videographer. Definitely feels like we could have cut that. It was really long. <laughs> um, and then there's like a mom confrontation at the wedding right because she like runs up to jess and is like get your lesbian feet out of my shoes and another woman at the wedding is like lesbian i thought she was a pisces (laughs) she's like she's not lebanese she's indian yeah anyways so she gets caught playing soccer again is where i'm going yeah yeah she does and also, now she's got to, how, how's she going to fucking lie about I'm moving to America in the fall? Well, let me tell you, Tony's going to do it for her. Because yes. there's no way that her family would let her do that unless she was married, mm-hmm. which is gross. And, I mean, you know what I mean. I don't like it. So she, uh, so Tony is like, okay, I want to announce this to the family, um, I really want to marry Jess. We're going to get married. We're engaged. But the only condition is she gets to go to school wherever she wants before we get married, mm-hmm. which is like a nice gesture. Nice. But, you know, good, good for him. But it traps him because he's really gay and it right. traps Jess because she doesn't want to get married. And Jess takes this opportunity to actually finally come clean. Yes. She's like, I'm not lying anymore. I want a scholarship to play at Santa Clara in the States. Uh, and I want to do that. And, you know, her mom's distraught. And then the dad comes through again. Yeah. And he says, he says, when I, you know, got barred from the cricket team, I vowed that I would never play again. Who suffered? Me. And then I said, no, me. I'm suffering <laughs> right now. And he says, I want Jess to fight, and I want her to win. That's sweet. And I, I liked that. Like, I, I really did like that. I said, I think audiences probably liked seeing the dad come through. Mm-hmm. I think if you were a first-generation kid growing up in an Indian family, and you see a dad come through for a daughter like that, that's probably very moving. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be Indian. Any kind of family. Just, yeah. It's nice. Not a lot yeah. of people get to have supportive parents. I was lucky that I did. Yes. Because, you know, my uh, mom went took me to Hot Topic. But yeah. not everybody's parents did. It was a really good representation of, like, this is – it. you could have a happy ending, bud. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, and then the mom says, at least I've taught her full Indian dinner. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that, you got to get that zinger in there. Yeah. Um, and then she runs and tells Joe – and Joe's like, I'm not your coach anymore. We can be horny with each other. Oh, my other. God. And... That was so weird. <laughs> doesn't matter. How old are you, Joe? It's cool. It's like, you know how if you graduate from high school and your teacher's like, well, now that you've graduated, can you give me your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> yikes. That's a big yikes. Uh, so, 
Uh, and she's like, yeah, so my uh, parents just accepted that I'm moving to the States, so let's not uh, tell them I'm uh, dating a white boy just yet. Let's, like, kind of space these out. Yeah, she's like, I'll, I'll be back in, like, Christmas or something. I'll, I'll see you later. And she yeah. kind of rejects him, really. And yeah. then they are at the airport saying goodbye to their parents. They're leaving for Santa Clara. Yeah, flash forward, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is funny because Santa Clara is like in the most boring suburb. It's like of all places to go, but it's fine. I don't know. Uh, but Jonathan Reese Myers comes, Joe, and he's like, look, I don't know where you are, but where I am is I will basically wait for you mm-hmm. and uh, just like let me know how you feel. And she's like, great. I'll fuck you at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, tell my parents at Christmas. He's like, you're still horny for me, right? And she's like, does this answer your question? Blah, 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 yeah. yeah, they finally um, get to kiss. But finally get to kiss. I was like, oh my god, her family's gonna see. Except mm. not, mm. <laughs> because guess who the fuck shows up? David Beckham and Posh Spice. Yeah, just walking through the airport. It's not really them though. It's very, very yeah, it, obviously it, double. Seen at a long distance. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, it's Beckham. So they're looking at them while she's making out, which is, like, great. What a great choice. But you know what? Ending credits scene, the dad goes back and starts playing cricket with some white boys. And guess which one of the white boys it is? Is it Joe? Yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Joe's hanging out with her family, which I think is sweet. Mm -hmm. And and Tony's there, too. Yeah. It's all very cute. And the dad gets to play cricket again. So it does end with kind of that sweet moment. Yes. Um, overall, uh, this film is exceptionally poorly made. Yeah, it's really <laughs> long and con- convoluted, and I wish yeah. that she had only lied multiple times and gotten caught once. That would have been, I think, great. Um, but audiences love this film. Audiences in the UK love this film. Audiences in America love this film. And uh, you know what other country really loved this film, uh, Nadia, is North Korea. What? That's right. <laughs> The Democratic People's Republic of Korea. This was an official submission at the 2004 Pyongyang Film Festival, where it won the Best Soundtrack Award. Wow, Melanie C., what an honor. Uh, it, it's it's real weird, uh, but I guess if you think about this era in history, Kim Jong-il was the... Speaking of Team America World Police, uh, <laughs> Kim Jong-il was uh, the... Uh, head of state of North Korea, and he was famously a very big film buff. Um, but this this was the first ever, apparently, Western-made film to air on North Korean television. Uh, wow. Kim Jong-il just really enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh, so it's one, one of the only Western-made films that uh, citizens of North Korea have been able to see. Uh, and in fact, to mark the 10th anniversary of uh, North Korea's um, diplomatic relations with the UK, uh, they broadcast uh, a special, <laughs> special Bend It Like Beckham uh, broadcast on state television in 2010 as well on Boxing Day. Um, so uh, just a real weird fun fact about this film, th- this film that like is underwhelming in like air in, in like filmmaking sense yeah. like in terms of like the dialogue's not that interesting the writing is is not good because it's a lot of montages i said it looks like it was made in 1991 like <laughs> it, the the shooting is bad 
Bride and Prejudice kind of look that way too. Like it's just it's not a great movie, and uh, the and North Korea just fucking ate it up. Wow, I did not expect that at all. Yeah. Wow. Well, good for them. I'm glad they. <laughs> good for I'm them. glad they got a feel good movie. Yeah, good for them. Uh, hey, Kim Jong Il, good for you. Uh, and so, uh, do our friends at commonsensemedia.org have anything to share on this movie? Yeah, it's actually very well reviewed on Common Sense Media. <laughs> there are a lot of parents who really appreciated seeing a different perspective on how to deal with, with um, you know, lying and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And, and a lot of them said, we watched this movie together. We had discussions about lying, about how best to communicate your needs. Okay. I thought it was really sweet. Um, there was a lot of, there were a lot of people upset about the kiss, the almost kiss at the, okay. at the club. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Yes, and there, was, there were two reviews that I agreed with. One was four stars, a parent of a six and nine-year-old, and they said... My only gripe is the romantic interest between the coach and the girls' team and his two players, who are presumably 18, but not yet in university. Maybe this Mm -hmm. relationship is less strange in Britain. Are these girls even still in school? (laughs) But from an American frame of reference, we see a 25-year-old-ish coach falling for his high school-age player, who at least shares his feelings. I watched it with my nine-year-old, and on the plus side, it gave us a chance to talk about how inappropriate this would be in real life. You could also easily skirt the issue because there's no explicit reference to the girls being in school, and the lead actress is actually two years older than Jonathan Rhys Myers. But I see. Uh, it didn't strike me the first time I saw the film, but it did the second. I think in the long run, though, it is best to educate kids about harassment and consent and believe the film's message of female empowerment would have landed better had it not glamorized a romantic tryst between a teen and an authority figure. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I get it, man. I get it. Okay, I got one kid review. A 14-year-old, they gave it five stars. 10 out of 10, very good. It was a good movie. Very good. Professionalism. Snazzy. <laughs> I gotta get this out. <laughs> oh, no! I got the giggles! Got- okay. I, I don't love where this is going. <laughs> Joe doesn't know how to clap. I think, <laughs> I think he is part seal. <laughs> and that's it. Joe doesn't know how to clap. I think he is part seal. Five stars. That's... I wanna uh, I wanna live inside this fourteen year old kid's brain. That's so funny. That's pretty good. I I'm glad you shared that with me. <laughs> it's definitely never as good as the Luke Eric's comment. That no, was... well nothing nothing ever will be. But this one tickled me so much. Joe doesn't know how to clap. I think he has part seal. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I need to go back and watch him clap. (laughs) So, folks, if you really want to, you can stream this one on HBO Max, but I don't recommend it. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? It's two hours long, and it's a waste of time. (sighs) Uh, We have three 
episodes left in this season. They are all actual Disney movies this time. Yay! <laughs> and uh, we cannot wait to share them with you. So in the meantime, you can support the show at co Kofi coffee ko-fi.com slash probably shoulda it's linked in the show notes uh you can also follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at probably shoulda we'll see you next week bye Take it easy.